So what I wanted to do was I wanted to close out the holiday, and so did he, and talk about a bunch of stuff. Um, we are going to start out, you know, as a lot of podcasts do, starting with what we were playing right now. There's some reasons for that, especially as the holiday sort of slower in December. So um, first thing, uh, what are you playing exactly, Matt? I am still on Final Fantasy 15. I have other games to review and begin. I, I can't bring myself to just pull away from it. I think part of it's because, number one, with... The games I'm going to be reviewing on my channel before the year concludes are Dead Rising 4 and The Last Guardian, possibly Steep. I'm still unsure about Steep. But since they're already late, and I know from my viewer base, the only people who are going to be watching are people who want to either A, hear my opinion, or B, fortify their own, I've decided, okay, I actually have time for once where I can just really get invested in a game. I don't feel the need, and I just made a video about this, to uh, as a YouTuber, I'm sure you can relate as well, to be modern, you know, because yeah, right. um, there's not this push right now to be so because it's the holidays, all the games are out. So I've actually been able to just fully invest myself in one game and just do everything I possibly can. So I'm at about 65 hours in Final Fantasy 15, which is, uh, I'd say, a decent amount in the short period of time it's been out. And I'm absolutely loving this game. It's flawed. I've, I've mentioned that in my review. It definitely has a set of flaws, but um, for people who are saying it's not a Final Fantasy game, it just baffles me because it most certainly is. It's just it's there's so much to love about it that um, I'm not having an issue looking past its flaws. Like I know they're there. There's a lot right. of issues with the open world and traveling around. I think that's a bit of a uh, janky system, but um, you know I'm able to look past it because there's a lot of good there, and they did a great job with uh, what a lot of games disregard is no uh, new game plus content. And Final Fantasy XV really prioritized that. So there's a ton of new dungeons and quests to accept and weapons to unlock, which is um, what the fun is of a Square Enix JRPG, I feel. Uh, it reminds me of Kingdom Hearts in a way. And So, yeah, that's what I've been playing. I've, I've really been enjoying Final Fantasy XV. And I'm looking forward to playing different games. But right now, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun just being involved in one game and saying, like, this is it. I'm just going to put everything I got into this and really get my time in this. Yeah, dude, we talk about it on Twitter a lot, <laughs> especially in messages where we'll be like, you know, what game are you playing? What game are you re re reviewing? Oh, I'm, I'm moving to this. I'm moving to that. And the feeling of being able to sit down. I sat down, strangely enough, in Dead Rising. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not quite sure why. But I like, I mean, you can see like in my review, the first 20 seconds of my review, the thing pops up and says like, you have completed the game. And I yeah. wanted to do that because I know a lot of people are like, I bet you didn't complete it. And I actually had somebody. Yeah, that, I, I started what, doing the same thing right in the beginning of Final Fantasy yep. 15. I had the certificate of completion. I'm like, yeah, shut yeah. the fuck up. I yeah. beat it. I beat yeah. it. Stop. <laughs> somebody still didn't see that and posted. But what what happened for me is the same thing. I decided um, let's sit back down into a game and I got this little bit of a window and played and it's not as good as as final fantasy 15 but it i do like dead rising you know yeah, and it's absolutely. it's got its issues but uh let's compare them for a second uh, or not compare them but discuss a couple things what is the one thing that you and it has to be distinct you can't no, we can't say theme or something what's the one thing that like brings you back to final fantasy 15 hmm. i think it's because i know the game does a good job of making it worth my time you know these secret new game plus dungeons have good weapons at the end of them and new bosses that you don't see. They're not just, uh, for the most part, there are some, I guess you could say reskins, but they usually have new moves and stuff. It mm. doesn't feel lazy. And I think that's really important. So for me, it's, I know I'm getting something new around every corner, whether it's a new weapon, enemy, uh, boss, just something different. And mm. so I, I really can get behind that. And so that's, what's really pulling me in is that additional content that I know is not just being rehashed, but actually right. 
innovating. Yeah. Um, I would say with Dead Rising 4, for me, it's holiday theme. I'm a sucker for, like, bully. We're, we're going to talk about yeah. that, actually, in the future part of this podcast. So I don't want to um, – I, I won't use Dead, Dead Rising 4 as my example of a holiday game. But it does – I'm a Christmas freak. And so, like, it, I, I, there is something funny about killing somebody with, like, a, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as a lance or something <laughs> like that. And you're like, that's fucking cool. Um, and anarchy. So it's weird because I find them both mindless. And I don't know if you agree on this. So this is just me talking up my ass. But I find <laughs> – Final Fantasy 15 and Dead Rising 4 uh, strangely mindless in the fact that I can play them and yes I may die occasionally because I push it too far or something like that but there uh, what I mean is I can just explore mm-hmm. and just like do stuff without without having to be like mm, you know I'm I'm absolutely focused you know yeah. and, no, and right. I like that you know there's they're they're easy fun but they can they pay back and they reward you even more so if you do take them serious. So you can get in in both in both levels. You yeah, know? I agree with that because uh, a lot of, there's a lot of decompression moments, and I gained uh, appreciation for those types of times from Bethesda games where you're just exploring, and it's that time in between that you're appreciating. It's not just the, you're highlighting the action moments, the story moments. It's that, for example, in Final Fantasy 15, when you're in the car and you're just re- driving around. A lot of people had an issue with that. Where they thought, you know, I just want to get there fast. I want to fast travel sure. there. Um, and you can fast travel through the car. But towards the beginning of the game, it's just a lot of driving. And for me, I just enjoyed that moment where I wasn't fighting. I was actually having a breather and just taking in the environment um, that completely changes up a lot throughout the open world. And I can really get into that. Um, it, it definitely captures that good feeling of you see that, you can go there. And so for me, I, I that's what I really like too is that just that calmness sometimes in between battles where yeah you can just zone out and I could go on my phone while I'm in the car and right. uh, and you know send out a couple of texts it's, like you said it's it rewards you if you're in it for like the the money but you can also just casually play it relax a little bit and and still feel like you're getting your time's worth. You know, you're, it's funny because you were talking about like um, the moments of, of respite or decompression in music. I always talk about in, in when I'm reviewing music, I talk about how a, a soundtrack needs to know when to shut the fuck up yeah. because silence, uh, the absence of silence in some games is Michael Bay moments. And if I have 2000 of those, it's all numb. Like I get numb. I'm like, whatever. Mm-hmm. What's weird, everything you described and we, we talked about this on, on, on Twitter, everything you described reminds me of Dragon's Dogma, the exploration. And we talked, I was like, dude, it's, there's something about it. I don't know. And we both said it in reviews. Yeah. There's something about this game that has a, uh, it's a freakish Dragon's Dogma vibe, and it's weird. So many people on my review were like, dude, I did not think about that, but that is exactly what I like about this yeah. game. And then when and you to, see, like, you hit them and it says break, it's like, oh, that's like Monster Hunter. <laughs> like, you're, yeah, you're breaking yeah. their bones and taking their parts. It's, it's yeah. a mix of a lot of uh, other games. It's it's really impressive that – because a lot of games, when they take inspiration, they almost directly steal, for lack right, of yeah. better words. Uh, Final Fantasy doesn't do that. You're not crawling on – the monsters back like in dragon's dogma mm-hmm. um, exactly. it's just a, it's got that similar feel to it you can see where the inspiration comes from but the, it does its own thing and i think like dragon's dogma i can jump into dragon's dogma and play for an hour mm-hmm. and and shallowly enjoy that or or enjoy it at a deeper level and that's the way final fantasy feels of course in different uh, worlds dead rising 4 haven't had a chance to play it yet the co-op mode is that anything worth yeah, you're no. shaking your head yeah i was gonna say Dude. like i don't know why they got rid because the co-op campaign Dead Rising 3 is so good. Why change that? I feel like they're going to patch it, but I, it, I just... 
it hurts my soul to even dude. So you you were you know we're both old enough to remember the awesomeness of couch co-op, and yeah. it's like it's like I get that some games don't want to do it because graphically, um, somebody will show a picture of the the split screen and go, "That's the graphics," and it will never look as good as a single player game when a split screen. And I get that. And I've talked to developers who are like, our sole reason for not including uh, couch co-op or co-op is because graphically we cannot keep up. And I get that. But I'm telling you right, and I get that this one runs so much better than three. So if anybody's like, it's because it, you know it needs to run better, it does. That's true. Uh, four is slick and smooth compared to three. It's it's That's ridiculous good. how be, how much better it runs. However, it doesn't matter because you then have it in the fucking multi. Like if you can if you can do it in the multiplayer, just let me do it in the story because they tried to tell me, oh, it's because Frank West's story. Or Hank East, whichever one you're following, uh, his story matters so much. And I'm like, you know what? If you had told me that that Maddie could play as Hank East and I played as Frank West, I'd shit my. I would love I would it. Be, you know, yeah, I was gonna say a yeah. doppelganger this, Frank the, running the thing around. That never has made sense to me about Dead Rising is you have this ridiculous world, ridiculous scenario, wacky weapons, everything's weird. But they try to tell this really serious story, which I can say. You look at two, for example, Dead Rising Two story. I think did work, but true. Yeah. Outside of that, like, if they had this ridiculous, stupid story and gave me stupid reasons for doing things, which a lot of the quests really in that in Dead Rising Three, I remember specifically encouraged just mm-hmm. this yeah. stupidity almost. Uh, the fun, right. stupid. I mean, so it's like, why would they use story reasons to say we couldn't do co-op? Because it seems like they're so torn upon whether or not they want to take it seriously or just joke around and have fun with the universe they've created. I feel like they're trying to strike a Borderlands 2 where it's like, this is ridiculous, but also there's like moments in Borderlands 2 where you're really just engrossed in that story and you're like, wow, this is good. This is good stuff. Do you know what's weird? You were talking about copying, and I think you hit the nail on the head. I wish some companies just didn't worry about copying, didn't worry about looking at Borderlands, because to me, Dead Rising isn't Borderlands, right? Dead Rising should have just done whatever they wanted to do. And um, and and in a way, I am actually saying that what they did, even though I don't agree with it, is right. So in a way, I want to say I applaud them. They chose to do it their way. True, However, true. they didn't. It doesn't feel like they gave a reason to where you and I could sit in a podcast and say, I, like, I get it. I get it from a technical aspect because mm-hmm. they do want it to run well, and they don't want the bad press of. And we know this. People, for example, Donkey. I love his videos. He does YouTube videos. I love them. But he jokes and he finds the worst parts of every game and he puts them in a compilation. And he did that for Dead Rising. He's done it for Last Guardian. And even he will say, guys, these are just like I'm a joke reviewer. Like these are jokes. But people take it deadly serious. Mm. And you get that fake news out there. So I I get why they did it. But I, I really do wish they sort of had just laid it on the line because, dude, the game would have been it really would have been more enjoyable. And um, I think that would have in, impacted a couple of the ideas that they put into Dead Rising that didn't work. For example, it's not that hard, dude. It's to say that this game is easy is it, I can't even give you a comparison. It It is like you, you and like I stand there and the AI just oh, doesn't even attack you. It does, but it does almost no damage. It's, you know, I talk about this. I, I pl- I've I've tested MMOs before, and I'm sure you have, or, or gotten into a beta. We've yeah, talked about getting yeah, into betas. Yeah, so actually, yeah. Sure, sure. So you have to patch a beta's balance. You have to say this this weapon isn't doing enough. Well, here's what's weird: they don't do enough damage. They just don't. And um, you, you have AI that will shoot you 40, 50 times, and you're still alive. So there's definitely something wrong there with the balance. And um, I think that. Uh, 
I think it's I think it's structurally got a couple issues, which is why I had to rate it, uh, you know, as a weight because there was just there was just enough little issues there that I was like, mm, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, it's funny though that we both we both have played and reviewed almost all the same games. So I, what we wanted to talk about is like a holiday game. We have we have some of the same likes, so there's a chance we're going to double up on this. But as we come into this holiday, we almost always have a holiday game that we sort of return back to, yeah. um, and we want to talk about this prior. So what's like what's yours and why? Um, or what's this year's if it changes? Yeah. I guess this year. I mean, what I want to do is before Christmas wrap up all the games I want to review, and um, I forgot what games I put on my Christmas list. Uh, because yes, I am. I am 21, so I still make them. And um, I think I wanted a PSVR and stuff like that. But to tell you the truth, what I, I really am thinking of fondly right now that I can see myself playing over the holidays is because mm-hmm. I like to carry my games with me. So I, I do enjoy the handheld gaming. Right. And recently, uh, Darkest Dungeon was on sale on the Vita. And I had not played Darkest Dungeon. I've just heard really good things. I I couldn't even begin to try to describe the game. I don't even know how to explain it. I know there's like... You go deeper and deeper into this procedurally generated dungeon, and you get more loot, but also, like, your characters in your uh, group can, like, develop psychological problems and Correct, stuff. And yeah. It's something along those lines. It's really different sounding, though, and I'm just, I'm really looking forward to diving into that over the holidays and, and just having that experience. Um, I don't think it's anything I'll spend hours endlessly on, but I'm just, I'm really looking forward to playing that, kind of hanging out on the couch next to the tree. That's kind of what I envision and, and what I enjoy about the holiday games, as I like to call them. But yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to most. I'm curious to hear what you're looking to dive back into, or perhaps for the first time. Well, I'll tell you what, you just <laughs> uh, so that game I loved and I reviewed it, dude. Okay. You, you're in for a fucking treat, good, a big great. time. Like that game is it, it nothing is, better than than finding a game on the backlog that you know is going to be beast. <laughs> yeah, and you you were like, I don't know if I'll spend a lot of hours, and I was laughing because I was like, uh, I don't know if you know like what happened, dude. Wait until you. Yeah, I won't okay. even say anything. Okay. Um, did you buy it or you just? I did bought you just, it. Yeah, yeah. It was actually yeah. on sale during. I think it was a Black Friday sale or a Cyber Monday sale, and it was like ten bucks. I thought, why not? So. Yeah, dude, you're gonna be so happy. I mean, okay. I can't wait to hear. We're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to talk about that because um, I didn't know you liked those type of games, to be honest, mm-hmm. and um, and I didn't know. I guess I did. So I was I was fascinated. Plus by the thing, it. it looks really different too. So I'm I'm curious to see what it what it plays like and everything. So yeah, for sure. Um, for me, it's gonna be. Uh, I always play bully. I always play. Co- so bully. yes, I I am a narrative freak, just like you. We both like Kotor, so I will finish Kotor one and two uh, usually in two days. What I it's every winter I stay up. And I play the first half of KOTOR and then the second half in the second day. So usually like 25 hours the first night. like I, Or first, that's not even a night. That's a, <laughs> it's a um, night and an hour. And then Jade Empire. So I always that's do KOTOR. That's one I got to play. Yeah. I, it's, it, it's, I mean, I remember talking to the doctors. I talked to Ray, I think, when I was at, yeah, it was, yeah, because I was in E3. And I was like, what game do you want to, you know, would you want to make? And he's like, he, he goes, Jade Empire. He's like, I know we're supposed to like Mass Effect, but... And this is the doctor, Jay, who, you know, uh, and or Ray, sorry. And he was like, you know, Jade Empire is just fantastic to him. So if you get a chance, yeah, you should check it out. Right. Um, bull, and then I'll play Bully. I always like to do uh, those narrative ones. And a bu- Bully has the Halloween slash Christmas thing in it. Mm-hmm. So I feel that's sort of cheating. But um, there's something about him. You're right. Like there's always some winter game where for some reason I'll, 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 and Sims, strangely Sims. enough, I, I have. That's one I didn't uh, expect. So, so you're talking to somebody who's bought every Sims 
3 and Sims 4 expansion. So I've probably got, you know, 500, 600 bucks in the Sims. Wow. And what happens wow. is I am the, probably, as, as Cadiz once said, there is no one ever who should watch you play Sims because it is quite literally the worst psychological test you will ever experience because I do things that are so nefarious in Sims. And I'm not talking about, I mean, I'm talking about stuff I don't even want to admit because people think I'm just evil. But some of the stuff I do in Sims, like sleep with somebody and then break up with them the next day and then go out. Like like a fable too. Yeah, and then like, you know, destroy doors when people are inside, which everybody's done before. But I do some crazy evil stuff in Sims. And I love open sand world. I love to just like, I'm buying a house and I'm what what happens if I don't give somebody a bed and the entire floor is a swimming pool? Like what will this person do? Like, you know, so that's actually a series I've never uh, given a whirl, believe it or not. I think I played. Oh, wow. Here's here's how obscure it is, is that I played one Sims and I remember I borrowed it. Uh, my friend came over a day and he's like, hey, try this out. And it was the Sims uh-huh. on the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I specifically remember one moment where like my guy had to pee. And, like, he'd, like, hold his hands and, like, jump around and stuff to let you know he had to go. It was just, I mean, I was, like, how old was I, like, nine or something? Yeah, you had to have been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, it was so weird for me at the time. But, like, it's one of those series that I want to get into. It reminds me of Civilization in the way where... Um, they're they're not alike. I don't th- or maybe they are, but um, in the the time sink sort of way where it's like I can't just put fifteen twenty hours into this. I got to put hundreds into this game to yeah. really uh, get all I can out of it. But it's interesting yeah. you say bully. I that's that's my favorite Rockstar game. I, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um. Not that I don't like GTA. Uh, GTA Five is definitely a close second. I'm or one, La Noir. La Noir. I know La Noir is great too. But um, bully is just uh. I don't know how to word it without sounding like a, a douche, but it's just it's relatable in this weird way. Um, right. Just the stuff you see in the game, it's like, wow, I have seen that before. And and sometimes it's over-exaggerated for comedic effect, but sure. it, it's such a unique idea. And it's a shame because – it's a shame, but it's also a possibility we'll see another one. But I don't think we will just because of the way society is today that I don't think we'll see a, a bully too because I just don't think um, – I think there's a lot of um, – gamers who will get offended by it and uh upset with the game where back then when it was made it was uh in this ironic kind of rebellious tone. yeah cheesy tone like yo i'm jimmy i'm the i'm the bully you know and he kind of turns into this nicer guy and cares for people and he's got this softer side um it's very cliche in a, in a strange way but I just don't see because of the way rockstar does their games you look at how gta 5 it had a lot of interesting cultural themes in it and uh, even those tested some boundaries, and I, it makes you wonder if they did a bully too, how that would go over. Where I feel like they could pull it off, they'd be the company to do it, but at what expense, right? Uh, maybe that's just the way I'm thinking. I could be wrong. I'd love to be wrong because I want to see another bully so bad. No, I mean, I think, I think maybe this is the honest truth. I think also because we're both YouTubers, we see something slightly different than than actual gamers don't. What I mean by actual gamers is most of my friends are not are not. YouTube slash uh, forum ready. They don't go to forums. They just buy their games. There's a commercial. They maybe check a little bit of news. Those people would probably be totally fine with it. Yeah. But I do think that the people like you and me and some of our followers, they it's easier, it's easier for them to collect hates. It's easier for them to remember slights. It's easier for them to remember offensiveness than sometimes somebody who's away from it and they just see it as an interesting thing. Hmm. 
And a lot of the people, yeah, a lot of the people I talk to are blown away when I say, "Hey, this came up on my channel," and they're all, "What? What the? Why the fuck would that come up? On the, what do you? Why would that even be a thing?" And I'm all, "Oh shit, yeah, you're right," because they're different. The group that knows about these things many times is much smaller, though it appears larger because it's it's vastly oh, vocal. Yeah, and yeah, no, it's a great point. I didn't even think yeah, of it that I, way. I have a 400-person land group I've been involved with since shit, since Icewind Dale on the PC. So I don't know how many fucking years ago that was. And they're just a completely different – like they're a completely different animal. They're an animal that's more like does this look fun versus socially is it now acceptable or not? So like Mm -hmm. when you say the thing that you said where you're like I don't know about the – I don't know about this and that. I'm like I'm totally in agreement with you. But then in the back of my head, there's one particular friend that's very vocal in this group that I know he'd be like – who the fuck cares? What the fuck? Like, yeah, I mean, like, my, my opinion would be that. Like, who the fuck cares? It's a game, you know. But we see story, that but... others do care and they're yeah. vocal about it. And yeah. so what you're saying is the worry that those vocal ones cause a problem. And I agree. Like, um, if, if like, there's a game I, I from Rockstar, Rockstar, I won't like, really. Do, do I want, yeah, do I want to stick my head in that, that uh, anthill almost, you know. Where well, it's, let's it's bring up a really a bad problems. comparison. Here's a really bad comparison for you. In a weird way, Trump doesn't need the money from other people so he says and does what he wants to everybody's utter hatred or if you like him you like him um in a way rockstar has so much money that i do believe rockstar could say fuck you we're gonna make a game about a and and could put anything as that protagonist and get away with it and not worry um rockstar is at a weird level dude like there aren't they like they're just like like i'll never forget how someone po- I've said this a couple of times before, mm-hmm. but someone posted the stats. I think it was like sales in May, May of 2016. May. I know what you're going to say. And, Go. Yeah, and, and GTA Five was the leading sales game. I'm like, this game came out like how many years ago, and it's it's number one in sales this month. Like, poof, that's insane. That's some serious money. It's uh, a lot of a surprising amount of people who haven't played the game, I guess. But I mean, that's hundreds of thousands of people because that month, Doom launched, uh, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I think around that time, Quantum Break was April, I believe. But, you know, th- there were so many games that came out around that time that were good games. Um, it- it's just that it's, should have been number one or that we would have thought would be number one. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's really shocking, especially Doom. You think Doom would run away with that. Right. Um, for sure. I mean, of any game. But I mean, I, I think that's what's weird. Uh, we also have different nations. I have the international podcast and those two guys are from Europe and they're they're like discussions about sex and stuff are the way we discuss violence. And so like we're OK with violence, but not, you know, in America's media, we have there's some issues with sex. They're OK with sex, but they have some issues with violence. And so to get that's why I have them on the channel, because when we talk, I'll say something. I'll be like, oh, well, over here, it's completely different. And I think the same thing exists between what you and I know and what we experience sometimes vocally and then what is actually out there. For example, I have a lot of people say, I hate Call of Duty. I'll never buy it. It's terrible. And even though this one did worse than the prior ones, every other game company in the world would love the sales of this one. <laughs> like, so mm-hmm. you have to sit back and be like, some of it's relative. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, it would be bully for me. Holiday games are cool, dude. Like yeah, uh, they're there. There's something about them. Yeah. And it's funny that you and I both have a rock star Bioware fetish that I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm openly admitting to, <laughs> yep. but I think that's where you and I sort of, I think it was talking on a podcast actually, one of our first podcasts where we were just discussing back and forth and we were like, holy shit, I like that game too. Like, yeah, the, yeah was, a, I think it was our first or land. second one. 
where it's like, yeah. whoa, okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah, this is weird. <laughs> um, and then what I wanted to talk about is like, uh, so I'm always asked this, and I'm absolutely sure because I uh, actually follow your Twitter and you're asked it constantly. Like, we at least once a week we get something like, what's the advice, blah, blah, blah. And I give advice on the Twitter occasionally or to patrons, but one question I keep getting is, what have I learned this year as a YouTuber or somebody in the business? Um, do you want to go first? Do you have something that I like, or do you want to wait and I can go first? Yeah, I learned I learned two things. Uh, first thing is that um, it's very easy to get wrapped up in numbers on YouTube, but truth be told, this site's a roller coaster. I will be on the top of the world <laughs> one month, and I will be at the bottom of the barrel the next month, and then I'll go average, and then bottom of the barrel, and then on top of the world. It, it's up and down constantly, where it's very easy to get caught in the motions. Um, but I've learned to... I want to say let go of that care of numbers because uh, tell you the truth, that's my paycheck. I kind of have to care to some degree, but um, you know, I I've taken a, a different stance where I've realized you know with these algorithm changes on YouTube and stuff, uh, this site's going to constantly transform regardless of what I do. So it's best if you know when they're doing these changes that are damaging a lot of YouTubers' views, um, that maybe I just do content that I really enjoy because the only people who are going to be tuning in anyway are the ones who really care about my channel. And it's, it's been working, you know, uh, views have been down, but also I've been enjoying myself a lot more, but yet things are starting to stabilize again. So, I mean, for me, I've learned just don't get caught up with that stuff. Uh, it's very easy to, even the amount of times I remind myself, it's still very easy to, but the other thing I learned this year was that, um, you know, I, I used to think, that these PR from these companies and stuff that you're, you're friends with them, but I mean, they're, you're friends with them, but they're not like buddy, buddy friends. Like they're not going to do you a favor type friends, which uh, was kind of a naive line of thinking for me. Uh, probably just cause I try to see the best in people and things at all times. Um, not like super optimistic way. I am realistic, but um, I just, you know, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And when you kind of learn that it's, it's more of a business thing, which you totally get. It's like, okay, so I see how this is going to be. I think I need to change my perspective on things. So for me, I, I kind of made a, a 180 recently where I'm like, not that I didn't beforehand, but it's like now for sure the priority is 100% the viewers. It's like, you know, I'm not going to burn bridges, but, you know, it, it's more important to serve them than these companies. Yeah, so right. That's what I learned is I, I was so focused on uh, term networking and making connections that I might have lost sight a little bit on who got me to that point. And so I think it's important to focus and serve the consumers like I've always tried to, but not try to blend the two, not try to sit in that. What, what I'm saying is I've always tried to sit in that lukewarm area sure, between yeah. the two, but I think now it's like, okay, viewers definitely need to get the priority. I'll email these people and talk to them and try to get what I need to get done, but it's because of them. You know what I'm saying? So those, those are two things I've learned this year when it comes to I YouTube and gaming. I can say I definitely saw that change. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. when you and I first talked – I, uh, you know, I, breath of fresh air to have somebody that, and you not naive, you you were never naive, but that optimistic. And I was like, wow, okay. And then like, you know, a couple times we've talked and there's been a, a snafu here or there. And I, mm. you just slowly were like, hmm, hmm, I yeah. think I'm seeing the, I think I'm seeing a little bit of a different writing on the wall. Yeah. Um, mine are strangely <laughs> in a weird way. I have two and there's, there's, they're in an odd way. They're a little bit connected. First of all, mm -hmm. um, I guess mine is proof of something. And the proof that I had had was that I don't believe in collaboration. I believe in more like what we're doing. Like, hey, come on and we'll we'll talk about it. Collaboration to me has this dirty fuck. It's almost like influencer. I don't want to yeah. hear it. Like, I don't like the word. And so to me, I think the one thing that I learned or that was proved wrong is or, or right, sorry, was that like the more people that you do talk with on YouTube and the more good relations you have, 
the absolute 100%, 1 million percent chance of things being better. Mm-hmm. And even if they can't always help you or they maybe, you know, you have a rival video because I've had people on the channel who are also reviewing stuff. One of the things I've found is that I get more whatever, positive whatever by saying, hey, go check this other, you know, Cosmic Engine. Go check Matt. Go, uh, go check Dreamcast guy. I get more positive from that than I could ever by even being the best review, like the best review. It's weird. So like yeah. somebody may say, oh, I don't like this. or I didn't like that from your review. And it's like, hey, go check out this guy. And so I guess the thing I would say that I learned is that it is proof positive that you don't have to collaborate. You can. And, and network is also a weird way. I actually genuinely consider, though you and I have never met, I genuinely consider you uh, Cosmic Engine skilled. Unfortunately, he's no longer around. Uh, Go Burns as like friends, like people yeah. I would. And that doesn't mean that at times you won't not be able to like, well, I don't know where that would ever come up. But if something came up and you were doing a NDA on a game that no one else was, whatever, that doesn't mean you can't, you know, that you would tell somebody something you're not supposed to. But what it means is that you guys can like share in the positivity of games and it will not hurt your channel. And I think that some people think that it will. Some people think that I, that a, there's a viewer out there who has one chance to watch one review. Bullshit. Those yeah. people are watching 50 reviews. So if you think that you're going to steal a review video, I've even had people who say, I watch your video first, Carrick, but then I watch somebody else's to see if I just, you know, and it's like, exactly. They, yeah. they you're not stealing. Um, so in a way, I would say that uh, that that has grown, and I and I absolutely love that that was sort of sort of held it true. Just shows that, um, if, for lack of better words, just just befriending people, and I think the best way to say it is just like working together in a way. Yeah, um, exactly. It, it's always beneficial. You know, I I did uh, obviously we've collaborated. Jada used the word. <laughs> we've collaborated. No, it's okay a ton to use it. It's this, just I don't this year. Um, I did a let's play with. Fighting Cowboy, who's like a Souls YouTuber, strictly. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a lot of playthroughs, but you know, mainly known for Souls content. Uh, you know, because I used to think to myself, "All right, like I am Bethesda, I must stay within those confines." And I spent like an entire year just collaborating in that little community, befriending all of them, and and we're still friends. And we all still talk. It's this nice little community. Um, but once I spread out of that, I started noticing all these different viewers who came in for me. Not just yeah, right. my Bethesda, and I realized at that point I was like, "Huh, there's actually." And, and this sounds stupid to say; it almost sounds like a lack of confidence, but it's not. It's just more so. I always thought, "Okay, people like me for my Bethesda stuff." Yeah, that's fine. That's what I think of myself as. But then I've realized over this year that it's like, you know what? Uh, people seem to care about what I have to say about a lot of different games. So take the ball and run with that. But yeah, that, what I'm saying in a long-winded response is, I I totally agree that yeah, um, just working together and just being friends is really beneficial, which is why I, I don't, I never really viewed YouTube as like a business because, um, you know, just, just hanging out and talking is yeah. just, just as beneficial. Yeah. And, um, and that is something that like I've picked up. And the other thing is this, and, uh, you and I have discussed this and I, th- I think in a way you sort of just covered it, um, prior to, to me giving my answer. But one thing I have learned pretty, I already knew this and people sort of get mad at me for this, but the fact is, is you have to really understand and only pay attention, especially in critique. Um, be careful who you listen to, because uh, I had a YouTuber who a couple uh, a couple months ago was like, "Hey, I'm thinking of switching my channel." Blah blah blah. And they they gave me all these good reasons, and it's funny enough because Aaron Sorkin, who's the writer of West Wing, is doing a master class, which is a website you can go to, and you can they teach a class, and he's teaching a class on um, on writing. And one of the things he was talking about is experts in the field, and he said this. He said, "When I walk into my doctor and I tell the doctor." 
that when I raise my hand above my head, it starts to hurt. And I think you should do the surgery with this technique, and I think you should use these tools. His hope is that the doctor stopped listening at, it hurts when I raise it above my head. Because by that point, he is now the expert. So when I have people tell me you should slow down, or tell me I should not cuss, or tell me I should not, I've been told don't collaborate with others. Like, I've been told it distinctly. People are like, don't, in every way, shape, or form, metrics do not prove that right. Every single time, metrics, people, you should switch this. And I'm like, guys, I have metrics. You have metrics. We see the, the numbers. Like, I can see yeah. walk-off where somebody walks away from the video. I can totally see that. I can see all these things. And I think it makes sense to listen to the, the users, but in a way of, like, what are they watching? Because sometimes somebody will indicate, I'm going to be honest, I think some people are a little bit dishonest. They'll watch something, but then like have a lot of complaints about it, but they're still watching it. And you need to spin it into their vision almost. Yeah. And you need to decide which is worth more, like them continually coming and and discussing, even if it's a little bit antagonistic or, or changing just for them, because changing just for them may make it so that as Maddie just said earlier, whether you enjoy it or not, because if you do not enjoy what you're doing, people will fucking sniff it out. I have had people who have said in that podcast, you seem to blah, blah, blah. And for the most part, they're wrong. But there have been the occasional times where somebody said it seemed like this and that. And I'm like, that fucker sniffed that out. Yep. I've had like, that. I've had that yeah. one specific podcast episode many months ago. Yeah. Someone sniffed yeah. me out and was like, he seemed kind of pissed at that guy. I was like, whoopsies. <laughs> Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I think that that's that is what I've learned even bigger than, you know, than working with people because I knew that. But that fact of like if you're a YouTuber or doing whatever you do, man, you got to watch out to who you're listening to because everybody is a critic, but not everybody is an expert. Otherwise, no one yeah. would be doing. I mean, the, the most common thing I, I see as a piece of criticism that will sometimes make a YouTuber panic is when they're, you know, the, the vintage comment when uh, your vi- videos are not exploding out the gates is uh, well the channel's dying. You know, people always jump to that. They're like, Maddie, I think the channel's dying. I'm like, dude, I see these numbers every month. This is fine. Like, I am doing great. What are you seeing? Because they just see a week's worth of videos that for me will sit around the 10 to 20K range, which is standard average, instead of you know, the week before that where I had a video go 160K and then the video before that was 250. Like, these insane explosions, the outliers almost. Um, and, and people expect that with every video, this explosion. It, it's almost this... Uh, we were talking earlier about how um, people, when they critique games, they want you to almost destroy them. Yeah, right. Slight criticism. Right. Like, it's got to be... Tear it down. Uh, the same thing could be said for almost a positive outlook where they, they want your channel to succeed, but if they don't see that explosive success, like hundreds of thousands of views, thousands of subs a day, that you're not really succeeding. You know, yeah. it's no one really understands. It's you're just doing okay. You're doing fine. Things are good. That's it. Um, so yeah, I, I agree that you got to take criticism from the right place, and you can usually tell how when people word it if they care about your channel and they want to give you just their feedback, or when they're saying when they're like much younger very different yeah knee jerk knee yeah. jerk reaction yeah yeah uh yeah i just think it's super important i think if you're you know whether you're successful or not on youtube if you're not enjoying yourself um i mean there's other things you can be doing you yeah know? true there's there's definitely other things and then um we we wanted to jump on to basically or what i wanted to do is sort of talk about the last couple months and different games because you and i have reviewed you know, whether it be Gears, Forza, all those kind of things, and just sort of talk about a couple of them. And in, in dis- distinctly, I want to talk about, like, 
what you and I found that we didn't like as much as we thought. I think I want to start out with that one. Like, mm. is there a game that you're like, man, you know, it may not have sucked, but I this did not turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out? Yeah, there's a, there's a good handful of them. Go for it. I, I'm, I'm looking at my list, and... Um, Let's trade first, off and on. You do yeah, the first one. All right, first one that comes to mind is ReCore. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even have that written, yeah, but yeah. That one yeah. Uh, had a lot of potential, mm-hmm. and I, I usually don't get sold by trailers as much anymore. But from what I saw from some of the gameplay, from the people who were working on it, the ideas they had, I thought, you know, this could be something like a real special indie game. Maybe it's quirks here and there. But it, it was just a complete failure, if I'm honest. It was very rough around the edges. It just didn't do the trick. Uh, the traversal, the backtracking crappy combat i mean it, it just they they really uh missed the ball on this one where that that was one of my first disappointments and a lot of these i know we're focusing on the fall but a lot of these just dis- no focus earlier if you've got one go for it um but yeah a lot of these disappointments really came when i'm looking at my list from this part of the year which is i, I probably not too surprising given the uh complete flux of games coming out but sure still that that's my first one recore for sure um, so I can't steal that, uh, but I will say I agree. And uh, it's funny because once again, you and I were on Twitter going, um, uh, "What's going copies? on here?" Where, oh Jesus! Uh, for me, it, it goes back just like yours. It goes back a little farther for the first one, and that is it's Quantum Break. It oh. guys, oh man, really? I yeah, and I liked it. Don't get me wrong, but hmm. that game. That game had so many technical weirdnesses with the way it did its anti-aliasing, the way it, it looked. It just looked dirty. It, it fell apart at times. Um, I liked the story, and I loved the movie. I watched the TV show, and I was like all, all into it. But I am an Alan Wake freak, man. Yeah, like, I'm a remedy. Serious. And, and um, I was expecting – I don't know what I was expecting, but – what I got was nowhere near what I thought I was going to get. And I, that was, you know, that's, that's what's cool about, especially with me. I don't try to get too hyped up because it'll never, ever equal that, but I'm pretty good at separating church from state. So I'll, 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 I'll go like, okay, this is what I was expecting. It's not, but is it still good? And a lot of people get pissed at me because they'll be like, it's not the same as it's supposed blah, blah, blah. So it's bad. And I'm like, nah, I have to review the 60 bucks and what's what I'm holding. And dude, Quantum Break had some issues, and and it's one of the few where I had to step away for a while and go, what is it versus like what I thought it was going to be? Yeah, Did you like Quantum Break? I liked it a lot. Tell you the truth, that's interesting. It's a it's a we have complete polar opposites. I mean, well, actually, not polar opposites. Cause you said you liked it a lot. Me, I was yeah, I was I just, saying like you know this is probably one of Microsoft's best exclusives I played in a while. I, I couldn't think of any standout exclusives. The one before that was probably Sunset Overdrive. I really loved that. But Quantum Break, I had a deep appreciation for. Um, I thought it was trying unique things, which I've always given Remedy a lot of credit for. They they do try different things. Uh, Alan Wake is a great example of, you know, your main weapon's a flashlight. It's it very yeah. different game. It, it, it's not horror, but it's it's creepy the whole time. You're, you're this sense of dread. Uh, but it's not like a Shinji Mikami, the Evil Within type of survival horror. Uh, it, so yeah, they're they're very good at what they do, and I really liked Quantum Break for that. Um, not to negate your opinion, of course, but I'm just saying yeah, that sure. um, that's interesting. I didn't expect that answer. Uh, I can say that I was a little disappointed with some of the difference in choices. There there weren't as many uh, drastic Breaks. changes, and and it didn't feel like when I made a um, how do I word it. Yeah, two two branching paths, and you right. know, when I went down one path, it didn't feel like it was much different from the other one. 
uh, it was that illusion of choice. So that was one issue I had, but that was that's an interesting pick. Yeah, uh, what's your next one? Hmm, let's see here. This one I, I was a I wasn't terribly surprised with, but um, I did expect better given the company developing it was the TMNT game, Mutants in Manhattan. <laughs> I fucking it, it fucking suck. I fucking teared into that game. That, so did that I. is that is de- hands down next to Far Cry Primal and uh, Oh, don't no you Man's, don't you go there. And no did Man's you not Scott, like Far Cry I Primal? I hated that game. <laughs> I'm going to reach through this fucking camera. Okay, we I, I got to stop. Go for it. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm sorry. I just I Okay. The, they didn't even do the vintage platinum games. We're this is a horrible story, but th- this combat's damn good. Like they even fucking blew the combat somehow, which yeah. as platinum games blows my mind because I didn't realize there's two different platinum games. There's the platinum games who made uh, Legend of Korra TMNT, mm-hmm. and then there's the platinum games who made um, Transformers and and, 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 and Bayonetta, the- Bayonetta. And so I'm looking at these two, and they're just night and day. And so I was expecting more along the lines of a Transformers treatment where it wasn't mm-hmm. the level of Bayonetta, but right below it where it was like true to the series, you know, good content, a little bit replayable for the fans. But this just fucking sucked. I'm sorry. I, I, it's very rare that I really get that aggressive about a game, but that that's the one hands down game I tore into this year and just despised. And that's as someone who loves the series so much that I was trying my best to just fanboy my way out of it and like i'm gonna look past all these flaws and love this game no matter what nope couldn't do it and what's funny is you've got the poster in the back you know you yeah. can obviously yeah <laughs> um so uh, my next one uh was it's an mmo and it it still is loved and i just do not like it and it's black desert did you ever check out black desert i really wanted to try that i've heard good dude things. It, it's so strange because it is that to the me one, not to interrupt you is that the one with like the really uh, big focus on like fighting hand-to-hand combat almost and, and character creation it's it's actually actually the biggest thing is the hot chicks in the character creation sort okay. of like yeah i think very... i've seen them in youtube thumbnails okay yeah so the the, the thing about black uh, about black desert to me is i feel and and this is just me the ego that you occasionally may have as a person i feel like somehow everybody else is fooled and I'm like, it's like I'm they live. I'm Rowdy Roddy Piper and they live with my special glasses that see all the fucking uh, propaganda messages. No one else can, because to me, it is it is literally everything normal MMOs are. But they pretended it wasn't. And somehow everybody was just like, yeah, you're right. It's not. And it is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like the same. You know, you go out and there's hundreds of bad guys respawning in front of you like and and bear with me, by the way, I haven't played it in about two a month or two months. So if it's changed. Hats off to them because we're going to talk about that in in a bit here about games that have progressively got better and, and, and support. So that's possible. But upon me testing it and looking at it, uh, to say I was dramatically, almost depressingly disappointed with that title would be an understatement. It wow. was it was terrible. So uh, what's wow. your next one? Uh, I'm going to just for the sake of conversation, though, I'm definitely going with Far Cry Primal. Don't say it. Don't yeah, I, I want to hear your thoughts more than my own again. But um. See, this is at the time I reviewed this. Um, I've never been a giant Far Cry fan. One of my favorites is probably two, um, but that one got a little tedious. I'd say three stands out to me the most, like a lot of Far Cry fans. Um, but Far Cry Primal, um, I just, I you know, the thing is that I played that game a decent amount, but just it felt like. It was trying so hard to be so many different games, which I, I just don't like to see in a lot oh, of games. I, I've realized this trend where, uh, for example, you're creating this village 
quotes, heavy quotes, mm-hmm. by like collecting certain things and helping out different members of your tribe. But you're not seeing the village really transform, and it's just it's like you're almost unlocking cutscenes. Like nothing's necessarily changing all that much. Um, I think Far Cry wasn't. I want to say it wasn't built for that universe, but I think it was a good idea for that universe, but it felt like um, for the mechanics that Far Cry became known for, it didn't mm-hmm. work out for the tools that Primal gave you. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, That's... You know, constantly scaling the wall with the, the grapple hook and mm-hmm. just using spears. Uh, oh, here, here's a good one. Uh, I could break that combat any day of the week because of the um, just, all you do is run around, eat some meat, and then you know you charge them with your spear again. And uh, just keep looping that process where the combat could have been uh, a good focal point to distinguish from the right. other Far Cry games. But it, it was just very janky, like poke, 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 gotcha, you know, that kind of shit. Um, and I don't expect much from a Far Cry story, but Primal is just um, – it's almost like the people who watch anime, and I'm one of them, who only watch um, sub – which is, you know, you're watching in Japanese, is Uh, I will watch sub, I will have no problem with sub, but if I can watch dub, um, I will get into it more because I am hearing and processing what's going Uh, on. Absolutely, right. And and so um, even if, and mind you, the emotion's important, so there are times I will pick sub over dub, but uh, that's the same kind of issue I had going into Far Cry Primal, where they're talking in this language that, you know, amazing attention to detail there. that they create. Yeah, they they create their (laughs) own language for yeah. the game. That's awesome. But um, since I have no idea what they're saying, I'm just kind of, I'm reading. I'm not, right. and they didn't really have much emotion behind mm-hmm. what they were yeah. saying, where it's almost like they didn't underla- understand the language themselves. So I didn't really care. So I had a number of problems with the game. Um, it's it, it's one of those games that you think about and you're like, oh, that that game came out so long ago. And then you realize it came out this year. Yeah, right. So I don't even consider it part of the yeah. I don't even consider it part of the uh, conversation until I look at my game list of games I beat in 2016. I'm like, what? Far Cry came out this year? Really? I feel so long ago. But uh, that's one of my most viewed reviews. Actually, Uh, a lot of people were pretty pissed off that I did not like that game at all. But a lot of people did agree with me. Uh, I don't know. I'm curious to hear your thoughts though. That's it's exactly so a lot of people liked me or liked my video because I liked it. And a lot of people liked or hated my video because I liked it. Hmm. Um, I think that, uh, you know, it's it, it. They did some things that didn't help them, like using the Far Cry 4 map and then just adjusting height. Uh, they, they So they basically took the Far Cry 4 map and then did some copies and adjusted the height map, um, which they could have. They could have done differently. Here's the thing. So I know a little bit about Primal's behind the scenes, sort of like the creation. And some of it was to get it prepared for the company to build their vision of the game. And one of the ways they did that was to take some shortcuts. Even though the map looked the same, it wasn't like the same hills. It was just the same, like, I don't know what you'd call it, outline. Um, The game, so later on in the game, just so you know, you do change the, the camp. It does actually grow. Um, okay. You have di- diegetic music and non-diegetic music, which, like for example, you might come down into an area yeah, and they're I playing. Exaggerate, like there definitely no, are no, no, that's some fine. slight tweaks, but like you wanted I, more. I expected, yeah, maybe in mm-hmm. the, that's my level of expectation, perhaps to be blamed. No, but... it's it, it's totally fine because I think what they did was they didn't go far enough, and you can tell that some things were not uh, fleshed out the way mm-hmm. a 
Far Cry knew would have been done. So, no, I actually agree. The reason why I like it, I turn the HUD off. First thing is um, that game is probably my favorite no HUD game ever. And that means, you know, no HUD playing it and just exploring the game world. It's got some really cool aspects. I would say to me that combat, I didn't expect it to be amazing because they are cavemen. So, like, I did sort of expect poking because, like, I'm not quite sure there's a lot of ninja cavemen out there. Mm -hmm. So I get get the idea of somebody wanting better combat, but they, they are just dudes who bash each other over the head. However, their combat sucks in the way that you can hit somebody and your weapon flies right through them, like Skyrim. Um, yeah. No, nobody likes lack of physics combat. So I, I absolutely P- primal is one of those games. Uh, I had to do a video later and, and tell people about fun factor because I felt that people weren't understanding some of my review scores because to me, if you and I are talking and you tell me you like a game that technically has issues, but because it was fun, you enjoyed it. I would, I get it. But in a video, people don't it. People notoriously cannot make the jump in logic. So if you and I are talking, let's say we turn this off and we're just talking about games and you say, you know, Carrick, I this game has so these problems, this problem, but I really liked it because it was just fun. I would go, I get it. But when it comes to video reviews, people don't get it because I think a lot of people think fun should be taken into account, but they also don't know how much and what you find fun. So Primal was just fun for me, but I, I, I don't see any issue with you using it as, in your list. Like I get it because I'm one of the few who liked it as much as I did. So I understand that I'm in the, what do you call it, in the minority. Um, my next one then would be, oh, actually, for for games that I did not, so, uh, okay, so for games that I did not enjoy as much as I thought, but I still liked them, I will say Last Guardian is huh. probably my last one. Um, I liked Last Guardian enough to say it was a buy. It was um, easily you could replay it because there's some secrets in there. Uh but it had some technical issues that I was really unhappy with, and I had a difficult time coming to grips with my score before I said it. You know, I do think it's worth a... So, like, when I buy something, I buy it. Whether the developer gives me a code, I still buy it. So, like, no matter what, when I say buy, that means I bought the fucking thing and I don't feel ripped off. Like, that's how I rate okay. games. But it did have some issues. That camera is a bitch. And, and the problem is, is when your game is about grandeur and about spectacle... You don't want to impact the grandeur and the spectacle with a shit camera. And we see that in games, dude. Unfortunately, you and I have talked in the past about it. Like, there's games with bad cameras. And their Final cameras... Fantasy just... 15. Yeah. I, mean, I love yeah, the game, but that's a terrible camera. It's a, Yeah, it's not a good camera. So, um, But that would be mine. Uh, in the fact that I wanted it to be better, I was still liked it, but it was not the spectacle I, I assumed it would be upon Especially release. Especially with... Um, it's not like Final Fantasy 15 where it kind of went over a uh, tear it down and let's build from the ground up again type of process during its 10-year development. Uh, but, you know, you have The Last Guardian, um, which I, I can't properly critique because I haven't played the game. But from what you're telling me, I mean, this is a, a project that's been just straight worked on for so long. Yeah. Um, to hear that it has such a, I want to say a minor issue, but an issue that you can see just like that in development. Exactly. Like, camera no, exactly. sucks. Camera exactly. sucks. We need yeah. to fix that. And the fact that they, they didn't fix that uh, is just am- amazes me. Yeah. What about um, you? Do you have any others? Last one that I think you and I can agree on is definitely uh, Mafia Three. I believe. This <laughs> is a, yeah, I, yeah. I believe this is yeah. a game that um, is one of the most overlooked games of the year. Uh, it, it's definitely got some real power to it. Um, it's got some really shining moments that um, you don't see in a lot of games. Like I said, the standout moment for me was when you were at like that KKK meeting. Uh, that that was just. Right really powerful to see in a video game something that um i really commend 
Hangar 13 for just pushing some boundaries and trying to tell the story they wanted to tell. Uh, that's fantastic. It's just that that mission structure was awful. You know, this, you know, take down all these different little mini branches and stuff and um, ruin their business so that they'll come out of hiding. Like, don't these guys fucking learn? Anytime yeah. you come out, you get fucking killed by this Lincoln Clay dude. <laughs> like, don't you realize that he, what he's doing? Have you not caught on? You, you're smart enough to run all these businesses, but you can't figure out that he's tearing you down so you come out and he just stabs you? Like, come on. So, for me, I, there was a lot of issues with the game. Um, ending was fantastic, though. But it was still a game that I'd say, like, wait for a sale on because um, it's definitely flawed. But, yeah, that game just let me down a lot because I was expecting um, – because they didn't really amend any of the flaws in a way that uh, Mafia 2 had, where Mafia 2 was about the main story, and that was it. There was no side objectives. And people were saying, try to tell a similar story to Mafia 2 uh, in the way where it's emotional, and you can really get involved in these characters, but have side objectives. And what does Hangar 13 do? They give you the illusion of side objectives with all these different things you can take down within a district, but they all tie into the main story. You have to do yeah. them anyway. So they're not side stuff. They're main stuff. And when you beat the game, you have one side mission for each of the underbosses. So it's like, what the fuck? It's so stupid to me that um, they, they missed the ball on what I think was a lot of vocal criticism, not in the minority, minority for Mafia 2. But that probably would end my list on games that um, I did not enjoy as much as I expected to. Yeah, I mean, I would agree on Mafia 3, um, just so everybody knows, because this will be the first comment on my uh, channel is, uh, why No Man's Sky? And I'm going to be honest, I didn't think No Man's Sky was going to be as good as everybody else thought anyway. So, I No yeah. Man's Sky... Yeah, same. No Man's Sky was yeah. not on this list for me either, because no. I didn't have high expectations anyway. I was excited, I had but... Um... fairly middling expectations, and I think that it was better than many people gave it credit for, and worse than many people said it was going to be. And uh, so so to me, it's not that. No, I would agree. Mafia 3 is probably my last one as well. Mafia 3 just, dude, I don't care what, I, I don't even care if I'm proven wrong. If it, it, it feels like it was, it feels like it was probably released three to six months early. And even if somebody's like, oh, no, we always, you know, like this, this was our plan to release this broken POS right, right from the start. I great, but I still don't believe you. There's something about that game feels unfinished. And um it's either the fault of the producer of that game, they did a really bad job, uh, or somebody pushed them to release that, and uh, it was not ready for prime time technically, and yeah, then additionally, gameplay. They're still excusing that game. They're saying that the reason they pushed it out was so that the reveal of um, Red Dead Redemption 2 didn't overshadow the launch of the game, so they got it out beforehand, so that um, because you know Take-Two handles both of these games. Um, so that's, that's what the excuse was I heard recently, but, um, you know, you haven't heard fucking shit of Rockstar since that reveal, so it's like, was that really even going to have a heavy impact on Mafia 3 at the end of the day? I don't, I don't see the connection, really. No. Uh, I don't see people saying, I got $60 now, I'm not going to spend this, I'm going to save this until... For a year and maybe two. Eighteen fall, and I know people are saying fucking fall twenty seventeen. I'll be, mu- I will eat my words. I I don't care if they release I, it on yeah, time. It, yeah. They are not going to. It's Rockstar. They are not going to. It's Naughty Dog. The, same exact thing with them. They will not release a game on that first release date. They will delay it. Yeah, they I would will agree. delay it. I would agree. Um, and then games we enjoyed. More than they thought we would, hmm. or than we than we thought we would. And for me, for sure, starting of the year, Oxen Free, um, okay. Oxen Free, fucking fantastic indie game, and I would put it up against any other game for game of the year. Matter of fact, it might be. 
like I don't do game of the years very often, but um, Oxen Free is Jesus, man. That's the first game where ever when when Cadiz was uh, one of the guys who does the occasional video on the channel, and I invited him over, and I was like, I'd already beat it, and I was all, man, I need you to play this to see if I'm just crazy because I can't believe how much I like it. And we started playing and we played it in one city and we got done. He's like that. It's fan. He's like, man, it's, it's fantastic. Like, I just don't even know any other word to describe that game. It's fucking fantastic. So yeah, I would say oxen free indie games. I, I expect to like, but that one was just way past. Do you have any that like you were like jumping into and then you're like, Holy shit. This is great. Um, hmm. I think, one of the first ones that comes to mind, actually, yeah, uh, it was recently, but this is the first one that definitely does come to mind. Uh, Gears of War Four. Did not, oh, gotcha. Did not have high expectations for that game. Never been a big Gears fan, uh, but Gears Four was definitely one of my favorite games this year. I wouldn't say it would be in a game of the year list, but it was definitely one game that uh, if someone came to me and said, "I got sixty dollars, what right. shooter should I buy this fall?" I'd probably say um, Gears Four. You know, before I recommend Overwatch, of course, uh, but. <laughs> You know, it's just that um, it, it was a really well done entire package. You know, you have mm-hmm. this great campaign, you have the you know horde mode that's always great, and then you have wonderful multiplayer. Uh, yeah, it's just every part of that game was so well done. Even more impressive because it's a brand new developer who hasn't worked on Gears before. So I give them a lot of credit, the Coalition, for doing what they did with Gears Four, and it, it definitely was one of the bigger surprises for me. I, I really did not expect to like that game as much as i did yeah and um for me another it's not an indie but and i think it's 2016 is deadly tower of monsters mm. yeah i think it's 2016 yep. oh dude yeah i talk about it all the time like <laughs> flash gordon gauntlet like who the who the i mean i i you know some of these games it's by atlas and i like atlas they're not the they're sort of one of those b-tier uh you know developer publishers and when they were like hey do you want to cover this game and I looked at it. I was like, oh, yeah, that looks like, you know, something. Headlander is another one that's like a Flash Gordon, you know, neon. And that, that kind of stuff always reminds me of, like, childhood when I was growing up watching those old Buck Rogers and shit. But Deadly Tower of Monsters is fantastic. That's another one that just completely surprised me. Just, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so fun. Yeah, I really don't have many uh, indie games on my list Well, I have a question year. for you. What about Forza? Forza. Were you, did you expect it to be as good as it was? Yeah, there was an expectation going into Forza Horizon 3 that yeah. I was going to like it because I've heard that that's the franchise that makes people enjoy racing games. And right. so for me, it was one of those games like I should expect something good, but I didn't expect to get as hooked as I did. But I, I wouldn't say that really quantifies the, the list that we're trying to create here because I did have that expectation of good. Gotcha. Where, um, not that these games like, for example... Um, Gears of War 4, where I went in expecting mediocre, but I, I just kind of went in expecting, like, I don't know if this is going to be good or not. Uh, Forza, I at least knew, like, okay, these guys make good racing games. Like, mm-hmm. I know this is going to be good. It just might not be for me. So, yeah, Forza definitely was a surprise, but not like, whoa, that's actually really right. good. Uh, one surprise for me, actually, was uh, Attack on Titan. That was... Uh, that, that was dude that i'm sorry that game though that that was some really impressive combat they fucking nailed it they they shocked the hell out of me i was like this is gonna be camera problems it's gonna be fucking broken it's gonna be monotonous i put like 40 hours into it man i i loved that game that was that was surprising to me uh you know i love the anime but um i i didn't have high hopes for the game because it was one of those animes, I don't know if you've ever watched like TV or a movie, where you're like, how would this play out as a game? 
Um, yeah, right. Attack on Titan was that that anime. I'm like, this would be such a cool idea for a game, but I don't know how they do it. Right. Um, you know, because of the the mobility, it seems like it would just stretch a game too thin. They did it so well. They really did. I know they just retold the story of the anime, uh, but the the gameplay, man, fantastic. Really impressed me. Did not expect it to be as good as it was. I'll have to go back and remember what I ra- rated that because I, I reviewed it. Um, but uh, I, I have to say, wait for a sale. If I wait for a sale, which people sale. need to remember does not mean it was bad. It just means you know cost wise. Um, it, it is crazy that a lot of times we look at those games and go, "How would they handle?" It, it isn't it weird? It's almost always about movement now. Like whenever I talk about like a movie or an anime, and I'm like, "How would they handle it?" It's usually a, a question around like the mobility because in anime everybody's so mobile. You know, yeah. like yeah. it's like what we're going to talk about in a second. It's like, you know, certain superheroes or whatever. You're like, um, Mm -hmm. how are they going to handle all this movement and do it well? Well, Yeah. Cause, cause watching like an attack on Titan anime, you you just, you see how narrow (laughs) the streets are and how big these Titans are. And you're thinking, how can in a video game, you realistically create a narrow street, but a giant Titan, but actually be the one taking down the Titan. How does that work? And, and they just nailed it with the way the camera angle was when you lock on doesn't really collide with anything. I'm not saying the game's perfect, but um, I, I was very just impressed with uh, how satisfying it was, too, when you just cut the nape of the neck and, you, and you're just zipping between uh, Titan the Titan and just taking them out in quick succession. One of the best feelings in games I've had uh, this year, for sure. It, it was really just That's satisfying very, combat. That's very cool. Um, I don't... I, I, I don't get caught up usually in, like, if I'm going to like something or not, so I actually don't... I guess I guess I would say okay. I will give this one Abzu. Hmm. I did not expect, you know, I had done the interview with with um, Austin Wintery and and like I knew it was probably going to be enjoyable to some people, but I wasn't a huge fan of Journey. Uh, I'm not necessarily always a fan of those kind of games. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not. Flower, Journey, those kind. Yeah. And Abzu is like you're swimming around with uh, with a bunch of fucking fish and you're i'm just like uh okay i'm not 100 percent sure that's going to be my thing but i was actually really surprised overall by like how how enjoyable that was i think the weird thing is sometimes is the fun you get from a game can be completely different from one title to the other like mm-hmm. forza three's fun is like you know michael bay over the top you know that kind of yeah. fun where it's it's that inspirational you know, moment and there's like theme songs running in your head and then something like Journey where it's not fun as much as it is just a, a, a unique experience that's, I mean, I don't want to say spiritual, but in, in some way it, it is sort of like that kind of huh. feeling, that emotional feeling. Um, do you have any more for games that you, yeah. uh, oh, more. go for it. Yeah, just one go more. for it. Uh, this one might catch you as a surprise. Doom. Did not, did not expect Doom to be good. I really didn't. Oh, uh, really? Not to be good, I, even. Huh? Yeah, because I, I said during, I think it was E3, yeah, it was E3 2015 when the gameplay was first revealed. You I, saw it, yeah. I said, um, you know, this looks epic. This looks so exciting. I, I really want to play this game. But I was like, I feel like it's going to, that, that excitement of the gory kills and stuff will wear off. Right. And for my personal expectation level, it did towards the end. I feel the game dragged on a little bit longer than I personally would have liked to, but I know a, a lo- I, I'm definitely in the minority. A lot of people are really satisfied with the campaign length. Uh, so I know it's just me, but for what it was, I, I loved the game so much. Um, they, because they expected the multiplayer to be the game that, or the mode that carried this game that brought people into doom to pick right. it up. But it was the campaign that got a lot of people and it surprised me too. I was thinking like, okay, this is gonna be like a standard 
uh, corridor shooter. Mm-hmm. Nothing huge, but you know the, these big expansive levels, tons of collectibles, secrets. Uh, you know they did a really great job with the campaign. Something I didn't expect. Um, challenge modes. The uh, I forgot what the name of it. It was where you can like edit your own levels and stuff. I can't remember. Snap map. Snap map. There we go. Yeah. And then the like I said, the multiplayer was also great. So I I really had a fantastic time with Doom, which I didn't expect. I and especially um, I think people are quick to forget, but that was the beginning of the no review review copies (laughs) from bethesda and uh when people were kind of doubting doom a little bit and then they did that it was i don't want to say sealing the deal but it was almost like okay this might end up being the the mediocre game i'm kind of expecting and it wasn't at all wasn't even close to that very good game yeah for me uh in a way dishonored was the mediocre game um yeah i i didn't dislike dishonored had a lot of technical issues that sort of bothered me and so that sort of in 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 that way it felt a little bit like dishonored could have waited a little longer before getting released especially if they're not going to do review copies even though i got my nerve yeah whatever Mm -hmm. that's another thing we should talk about one of these days is like so supposedly those review copies are supposed to arrive the day of right or the day prior is that right prior yeah dude one of my games recently from them was it Dishonored? Came three days early. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think what it is is they ship it hoping, you know, and maybe I was close to where they shipped it from, you know? Maybe. Like, yeah. Um, so it's funny you mentioned Doom because, you know, that's another game you and I have talked about, especially on Ham. I think we talked about it a couple times where it was just sort of surprising. Uh, Doom, here's the thing that I want to talk to you about. We'll have to do a separate podcast one of these days where we can talk about a lot of times a game is set up for a certain difficulty and somebody will say a game went too long or some people say a game is too short, right? You'll hear both sides. Yeah. And talking to developers, one of the things that surprises me about them is um, just how open they are to that because one of the things they point out is did a person die more often and so they experienced the gameplay loop too many times. Mm. And so when they got done, they were like, thank God, where somebody else was just really good and they got done and they were like, oh, it's too short. you know. And so how much of that is difficulty levels? How much of that is, uh, is uh, as one developer told me, he's like, dude, we made one mistake. There's one game and yeah, I, pro- I won't say the name. There is one particular game where a lot of people died in a particular event and because of that, the game got pretty ramrodded uh, by a lot of people for particular things in its end game. And he's like, when that patch came out that fixed that, that complaint literally went away. And so it, it shows just how much uh, a mistake and a kill that doesn't work out or the, the balance on a boss and Final Fantasy 15 is not done right. And suddenly you can have a situation where people are reviewing it much worse because the, you know, the game you're, you're experiencing this fight 10 times or something like that. And you're like, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. And, and somebody else maybe gets through it and you and I might go, wait, what you had an issue. And you're like, no, you had an issue. And it, it but it really is an issue with the game, like mm-hmm. how the game plays out. So it's just very interesting to hear. I, I was right in the middle of doom. And so that's why I mention it. Cause I have a friend who's very, very good. And, He's like, man, it was too short. And I'm like, no, it was just right. I was like Goldilocks. And then you're like, no, nah, it was a little long. And I'm all, I wonder when we died, you know, like how we died. I would love to see the metrics for like where people died the most. And did I just luck past that? And did my friend just run through it? And did you die more there? Yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying that's the truth. I'm saying I yeah, love no, that I see kind what you're of saying, no. yeah. critical analysis in games is very enjoyable. Um, so let's, let's move on. We want to talk a little bit about news. The first thing, Nintendo Switch so you explain this possibly supporting GameCube? Yeah, there's uh for the Wii U they have a virtual console 
uh-huh. uh, which I'm sure you're aware of. And for those who don't know, it's basically that you can go back and play uh, old games digitally, like on the NES and stuff, but through right. Wii U. And so what the Nintendo Switch is apparently doing is supporting GameCube games uh, through this virtual console system, which is really, really exciting. A, a few games you know, instantly come to mind that I really? love because a lot of people... Um, are quick to forget that Nintendo Switch is also a portable console in a way. Right. So right. Y- you can take these awesome GameCube games on the go now, and and that excites me beyond belief. Because like I say, I, I I have a lot of local best friends, and we'll just hang out at each other's houses, and usually you'll catch me with my VDR 3DS, and now it's probably going to be the Nintendo Switch. I'm going to be able to take these console games with me. So seeing them expand that library off the bat, um, take a really good consumer idea there. Um, that people have been asking for for a while is bring GameCubes back, bring GameCube games back. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Like you know, Metroid Prime, um, Rogue Squadron. Yeah, Rogue Squadron. That's a good one. Um, I have a couple of GameCube games still in my closet from my old collection, but you know that that was just one of my favorite systems. Um, I remember playing like Clash of a Ninja for my Naruto fans out there. That was a great fighting game mm-hmm. before it became uh, Ultimate Ninja Storm, but you know, just some really great games there, and I'm excited to see them hopefully support that in some way. Now, um, with the virtual, do you think would it require would it require an online? That's the thing is that they're calling it virtual console, and I get why because um, from what we know, I'm not sure if it's a guarantee or not, but uh, mm-hmm. it seems to be using a cartridge. I think right. I don't, I'm not sure if that's a guarantee. Are you drinking the pitch black? Nah, Titanfall Two, Mountain Dew, uh, not, damn. not sponsored, not sponsored. <laughs> no, I <laughs> when you drank I've... that because I've been. My mom just came back from the store and she brought back Pitch Black, and I had like it's one of the first sodas in a while that I've like compulsively drank. Is uh, it good? Yeah, oh, so good. It's like oh, a I'll, ba- try, I'll try. Like it. a berry flavor. It's great. Oh, okay, I'll try. It. Yeah, but no. uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, sponsor, sponsor. But uh, <laughs> uh, what the hell was I saying anyway? Um, uh, you were talking about GameCube and yeah, if, it's, just, if it's online. Yeah, if, if it's online, I, I think it would make sense just because it's not like it could be a Xbox One with its backwards compatibility where right. you still have that disc either way. Um, right. You can't just take a GameCube disc and somehow fit it into the Nintendo Switch cartridge. That's impossible. Right. So. Um, it makes sense. I just I do hope that they don't hike up the prices like they did with, for example, the uh, NES Classic Edition. I don't oh, know if you saw that. Six hundred bucks on eBay. Yeah, or yeah. no, no, not even eBay. They limited the amount sold out, obviously, uh-huh. and then on Walmart it was three hundred dollars after it sold out. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I was just like, that's such a scum move. Like, don't don't inflate your own product. <laughs> just yeah, sell that's... it. Just sell it sell it um yeah so i don't i didn't hear that but uh, you know the switch especially seeing it on jimmy fallon a couple days ago even though it you know it was one of those situations where it's so controlled they they showed zelda and it certainly looked like the frame rate was better it looked like there was a couple things you know fixed up they were showing the physical item and stuff like that and um reggie right yeah it's reggie isn't it isn't yeah, it reggie, the, yeah. it, reggie was there playing it um it it like it's the first i'm gonna just be honest man it's the first nintendo system that i've been excited for forever while. Mm-hmm. ever and like the yep. gamecube i think i just missed it because of the xbox or whatever I, I wanted rogue squadron but who didn't right um mm. i'm sto- i'm i'm stoked for it now the cartridge thing and the size of the cart 32 gigabytes it's crunching down games to a pretty small size here in the future but regardless i can't wait man i'm yeah. dude i'm stoked for it like i, I want to uh, and and i am stoked for it in a way that is completely 
100% prepared for it to not look as good as a Scorpio, an Xbox mm-hmm. One, or yeah. PS4. But I'm like, not I expecting intelligently prepared. Yeah, I, and if you have higher expectations than that, it's just unrealistic because a lot of the um, speculated specs. That's an interesting quote there. Speculate speculations. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of those specs that have been speculated upon uh, have been lowballing it. And uh, a lot of the reports that have been coming out of the actual system itself have also stated that the system's not going to be crazy powerful, which right. I, I think makes sense because in order to, it's going to be powerful enough, but um, you know, it's got a lot of mobile stuff in it because you're going to be taking, for example, they showed in the trailer Skyrim on the go. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, People need to remember that, and, and if you have reasonable expectations, not this has to look as good as a Scorpio, but yet be able to take it on the go, unless you want to be fucking carrying around a power brick everywhere you go, that's never going to happen, but I'm excited well, too. So let's say, let's say, let's look at this for a second. Let's say you you and I buy Switch and Skyrim's day one. I don't know if it is, but let's pretend it is. Okay. Uh, what, it, what if it looked... If it looked as good as the Xbox 360 version of Skyrim, because the PS3 version of Skyrim was dump... Um, would you would you be happy with that? I, I can't remember if that's a 720p native or if that's a 1080p. But I played Skyrim on the 360 primarily, so and and final. Uh, funny enough, I was doing a video and I was looking back on just some of my old Skyrim videos from 2011. Uh-huh. And uh, mind you, this is when I didn't disable resample in my videos, so it was a lot more like fuzzy looking. And uh, oh right, right. And, and plus, it was from the 360, so it looked even worse. And then YouTube compresses it, so. Uh, from what I saw, though, I, I wasn't like, "Ugh, God, this is terrible looking." So if I, that's what I was playing on. Obviously, a little bit better looking because it would uh, the, the resample would be disabled and stuff. Um, I, I would be fine with that. Really, I would be because you're taking a game the size of Skyrim on the go, and I don't think people realize the technical feat of that. Uh, that's right. really impressive to me. So I, I'd and- be fine with that. And do you know what gets me more excited, dude? Like, Bully being released on Android last week. Like, yeah, I bought that awesome. thing. I'm not going to play it, probably, because I've got Bully on 85 systems. But I bought mm-hmm. it instantly to support the the movement of those of... Yeah. Uh, we've now got KOTOR, which I have beat on Android. So we've got KOTOR, we've got Bully, uh, we've got GTA 3. Uh, we've got a couple different GTAs, actually, I think. Um, so, dude, yeah. Yeah, mobile and Skyrim is... I don't, I don't play mobile like you. I barely do, actually. But... The ability to have it is just like to me. That's that's awesome because I know there's so many people out there who are you know have a long commute to work or whatever, and and they need to and they need to play it. Um, and then you wanted to talk about Spider Man, so the Spider Man trailer. Yeah, yeah, just briefly, just to uh, toss. It this out is from Insomniac, of, right? No, this is actually um, this is like the, I'm talking the movie trailer. I don't know if you. Oh, that's oh, why okay. I said I don't I saw know if this it. has yeah. anything to do with the the, the games cast, but uh, no, let's yeah, talk about it. It's um, I was not. For yet another Spider-Man overhaul, I was like, just just leave him be for now. Um, yeah, right. Uh, he's my favorite superhero, but I was like, you know, there's been too many changes between Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and now that I, was that his name? I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah. Andrew Garfield is definitely yeah. the the second run. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, and, and and now this kid, I don't even know his name, but um, I, I was just not for it until I saw the trailer. I was like, you know what? This looks really good. I was really happy um, because they they. Yes, Spider-Man is sarcastic and funny in a way, but, you know, some of them are like, okay, we got to get as corny as fucking possible to nail what Spider-Man is because he's that, you know, knee-jerk reaction type of guy. And um, I'm glad they didn't take that route. You know, for example, right when the trailer begins and he's uh, sitting there in a bank being robbed and he's like, hey, guys, uh, right here. And, and, like, they're all wearing Avengers masks. Like, that was funny. That was actually Mm, I remember that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, And so... 
you know, stuff like that. Uh, I really appreciate that type of humor, but it seems to also have some emotion. Um, you didn't see, I'm not saying I'm all about the action, but you didn't see too much action in the trailer um, where it makes me wonder if they're going to pull a Amazing Spider-Man 1 and just really overdo telling the story and, and sure. have zero action, which is, you know, one of the, obviously the biggest highlights of a superhero movie. But from, from what I saw, I'm definitely happy. Definitely happy with that. Yeah, I mean, I saw it too. And so, okay, I was a Tobey Maguire fan. So when they were like Andrew Garfield and and um, I can't remember her name. And uh, at the time, Gwen, Gwen, whatever fucking her name is, his yeah. girlfriend at the time, they were like, so those movies came out. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't give them their due till they were done. And then one day, I don't know what happened. I'd seen them a couple times and never really bought into them. I went back and rewatched them. And now I... I respect them for a different tact on Spider-Man. So like, so I'm excited for this new one, but I'm treating them the same way I did the Andrew Garfield ones where it's different, obviously than what I'm, I liked, I liked Tobey Maguire as I actually, I, I dug even in the bad Spider-Man, which to me was three. Um, I still loved, I, he, he, he looked like exactly what I thought Peter Parker and Spider-Man would look right. So, um, yeah, I agree. So, so to me, Andrew Garfield was like, whoa. And, you know, I, I had forgotten that he could be a douche. So I didn't really like one in uh, the new ones. And then later I went and watched them. I'm like, you know what? Like, I get it now. I like, I get that character. So I like them all. So I'll jump into this new one with a, it's possible to like this new one. I probably won't be a person who goes to the movie and gets excited. I'll be, I'm very, when it comes to superhero movies, I'm very usually unimpressed the first time because there's a lot of um, Michael Bay. We need to blow as the biggest, bigger, big thing up as possible. And you're like, well, what's actually really going on? And then you have to watch it five or six times. And then you're like, okay, I, I, I now like the movie. I'm not a big spectacle person because um, shiny shit doesn't impress me much anymore. Uh, yes. You know, I've, I've seen enough of it, right? So I want something like you said. You were like, you know, maybe Amazing Spider-Man one grounded it too much. I want to mix. And if you're saying that you, it, it sounds like you're saying this this new one looks like it might be both, like a, a somewhat of a grounded, but also some action and some comedy. Then it might be the better one out of all of them. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited to see it. But let's talk about the Spider-Man game for a second oh. because so so Insomniac, right? Wealth right. In, 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 I am right. Insomniac, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, wealth of potential. Uh, but let's talk about a game that I I barely played, and it sounds like you loved, which is Sunset Overdrive, which is also them. Hmm. They they handled movement in that very well, correct? Yeah. Would you say? Okay. Oh, yeah. So so do you think, knowing what you know about Sunset Overdrive, do you actually believe that we're gonna have a? I think it was Spider Man Two that had really good web slinging. There was one. There yeah, was one two. Type, two is like the standout Spider Man game. Would that you? Every developer since has tried to replicate. Right. Do you feel do you feel in your heart of hearts, in your little Maddie beating heart of hearts, it's still more optimistic than my blackened one. Do you believe that they'll hit it? The movement? I, movement wise, yeah. It's hard to say for the rest of the game because the superhero game is always a, it's that it's a superhero game and you don't know sure. if they're gonna take the Batman Arkham route where they're gonna say we're fucking making a video game or the like That's every Spider Man like every <laughs> Spider Man developer route, which is been let's try to way. make Spider Man two again. And uh, have drastically failed. It's like Spider-Man 2. I don't know if anyone's ever popped open their PS2 or Xbox lately but and tried Spider-Man 2. Uh, but it's just it's aged horribly. And that's why these games have been colossal failures um, that have tried to imitate Spider-Man 2. 
Um, but I'm getting off track. Yeah, movement-wise, a- absolutely, because I loved Sunset Overdrive because what it did was it started out small, and you were like, huh, this movement's not as good as I saw in the trailers. But that's mm-hmm. because you haven't unlocked the like bunch of different things that expand that movement system more and more and more where you can start air dashing, you can double air dash, you can grind, you can boost while you're grinding, you can wall run, I think. Uh, all these different things that just expand the game more and more where uh, Insomniac has always had a grip on great video game yeah. movement between right. uh, recently Ratchet and Clank, which came out this year, or before that, Sunset Overdrive. They have always had movement. So I've, I feel there's no reason to think otherwise. It's just, will they innovate on what has plagued, I think, other Spider-Man games? Where I think Beanox, with their previous Spider-Man games, has had that great locomotion with web swinging. But it's the open world that they've made that's been or- like just horrible. Oh my so, god! Remember, it was like you were you were you were a bad guy simply because you couldn't get to a yeah, crime quick enough, yeah, and you were yeah, like the, the hero the villain fuck? system or something oh. like that. It, it was so stupid. I was just like, wow. I, I remember tweeting. It was one of the few times I pleaded a developer over Twitter and was like, please just fix this. Just get rid of the system overall because every five seconds you got a new fucking. Uh, open world bad guy yeah that you have to take care of if you don't you're an awful person and you're gonna get start start getting shot at or it's so stupid i don't know i don't know how i platinum that game oh jesus christ either do i a a serious case of iron lung because there's no way i could play i mean the the thing that happened with um with the superman games is there it seems like one of the earlier ones got the locomotion right which i think was two got the swinging right i always Mm -hmm. hear there's one particular one i don't remember i played them all but then But then, like you said, and I've never heard it put this way before, so I'm going to probably use this in every discussion post this one. But you said Arkham Knight. They just decided, fuck it, we're going to actually make a Batman video game versus like fan service or versus like uh, an an extension. And and that is actually true. That is exactly the proper way of saying that Arkham Knight versus City versus Origins versus, um, versus Asylum is that in a weird way, Arkham Knight was sort of like... Here's a video game based on it. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I mean, I want to. I, I I'll play the hell out of it because I'm not. I don't have a favorite. Thor might be my favorite. Uh, I maybe. I don't know. I don't really have a favorite superhero. But when it comes to games, Spider-Man's probably the best one, uh, other than Batman, that feels playable. Like yeah. what you could play, you know, yeah. and make it fun. So, yeah. um, and then we wanted to talk about games that. I guess I want to talk about like. Our, our surprise, maybe, and maybe it's just my surprise, but surprise about titles getting content and patches that have really changed like either changed people's thoughts of a game mm-hmm. or 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 just changed my own opinion of like what I was either worried about and and I had mentioned these Division Hitman and the Crew and I don't know if you've played any of those um because yeah, when I was mentioning I have Hitman I started up recently uh but I didn't want to get fully invested but I mean it you know because I wanted to play it to compare it to Dishonored 2 in the terms of stealth gameplay mm-hmm. and level design and stuff, just, you know, for my own knowledge. And um, I'm really impressed with Hitman. I definitely want to – that's a game that's on the backlog that I want to get into at some point. But, well, let's uh, talk about – let's just jump into, the, like, that one. The thing that surprises me, it was dissed on for being episodic, which I get, right? Because yeah, you I think episodic is going to be a ripoff, right? Yeah. And here's – I mean, they've done so much. It's like – they have things to make you go back and play old levels with exclusive targets. They have amazing level design. And I think it's one of those games where, you know, we were talking about a game that maybe we enjoyed more than we thought we would. I knew I was going to enjoy Hitman, so that wasn't on my list. But I, And I know you haven't got to play a bunch of it. But um, to, to see a company sort of prove some of the naysayers, including maybe myself, a little bit wrong is pretty cool. Like, yeah, there's something always, awesome about that. I've always appreciated that feeling because... 
Um, a lot of people have this sense of pride. Like I said, I hated this. I have to hate this. Right. Um, and it, I'm right. I'm you know. totally fine, especially with my opinion having to be out here on the web where it'll be that that is my opinion until I say otherwise, really. Right. Um, I'm fine with being proven wrong. You know, I'm fine with saying, hey, hey you were right. I'm glad I'm wrong, you know, because we're getting a better game because of it. Right. I'm enjoying yeah. something because of that. So feel free to prove me wrong. Um, yeah, I, I agree, though. Yeah. Uh, Hitman looks great. The Division was one that I've gone back to a decent amount. Um, last time I played it was August, though. Haven't played it since. Just too many other games I want to get my hands on. And I played it on PS4, so I was getting DLC very late compared to the Xbox right. One users. But from what I've read, uh, it seems to have really spiked uh, people yeah. coming back on an impressive amount. And um, you said it was like launch numbers, pre-launch yeah, or, numbers. Or it was something like pre- there, there was some news, you know, news websites or whatever that were saying like it might have been like post it was something crazy i know the survival which is the newest dlc which like adds some pve and some crazy randomness to it um it it just absolutely like you go to steam and the numbers are just and Mm. then i talked to people and i played once uh, uh twice now actually gone in and played for a couple hours and dude like it's one of those games where it got released. It was pretty okay. Patches didn't do so well. Some people didn't like the way the patches worked. And this is one of those times where you get to look back at a title and go, the continued support has made that game fantastic. Like, it's a secret yeah. game almost. Because, like, you and I may not ever get a chance except occasionally go back because we're reviewing, right? So yeah. we don't always get a chance. But it's this secret little game that I find out that an extraordinary number of people are still playing and there's something really fascinating about it, you know, yeah. and like, about like their... I said, um, another example is, um, rainbow six siege. That's a game that launched. I thought was great. Really Me enjoyed too. that game. Yeah. Um, but it didn't launch that successful. And then they made a couple of big updates. Um, and apparently the, not apparently they, Ubisoft themselves shared their user charts and it yep. showed low numbers around launch. Then they did the patch, and it's like, like that, and it's double their player base now. Like, this game is huge. Everyone's playing Siege now, and it's great, because that's a fucking amazing shooter. Really like that game a lot. Um, I, that's one game, I because I put so much time into it. I played uh-huh. it every night, but I, I really got into that around December. And it's mm-hmm. one of those games where, uh, this is kind of why I don't like doing Game of the Year list, but why I do as well. I, I kick myself for not putting it on my list, because that, that would have been in my top three. Fucking oh, gotcha. amazing game. But um, I never I never did. I wish I did, though. Yeah, it's funny because it is uh, – I liked it. Sounds like you liked it both when it started, and I liked it for what it was, and you know, there were issues. Yeah, I but, played um, it up until about April, I don't want to say. But Ubisoft, it, they're, they're like on three of these, The Division, um, uh, Siege, and then The Crew. So The Crew came out, the original, and I destroyed it. It was not a good <laughs> game upon release. And, it was not. And it was not. It was fucking it had graphically it like th- there wasn't even rearview mirrors it was just yeah, it was a nightmare it reminds me of mafia 3's rearview mirror it, it, exactly and then all of a sudden they released the um the uh the oh shoot i can't remember the name of the dlc uh worldwide or something i can't remember but they they literally rewrote the graphics engine and added stuff and i went in and played it and it was one of those moments where if you had told me this was a sequel on a different console i would have believed you wow. like that is that is the level of change from when that fucker first released and I was like, guys, this thing is a trap. There's pro- it's just it doesn't look that good. It's somewhat fun here and there, you know, because I never try to diss on a game completely unless it's Cartoon Network Battle Crashers, which I just did a review of. Um, it, it, it was one of those games where it was like 
it, it, dude, it's fantastic. And if you get a chance to play it, I would, Maddie, if I were you, because well, it, I think you would love it. One of the like, trends we, we do want to note here, though, is that all three of these games we've talked about are from Ubisoft. Yeah, that's, that's what a, I said. Sorry. A, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I must not have heard that. No, that's yeah, all right. That, that's that's really important to note, though. Um, it is. That it's great to see these games gain in population and, and be what they were supposed to be. But it's also... Um, if Ubisoft has learned, it seems with Assassin's Creed that if we have to wait, we can wait. You know. Yeah, right. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, but it, so it's just weird that all three of these games have come from them. I mean, I respect them as a company, though. They seem to make decisions that uh, sit in between consumers and making a lot of money because I think they make money no matter fucking what. They seem to just. So are you saying that you feel it? Are you saying? <laughs> Are you saying that it's sort of in a weird way a positive and a negative? Like it's yeah, a positive yeah, that they fix it, but it's a negative that they released it that yeah, way? Yeah, because like, okay, for example, yeah. The Division I really liked. That was like, I, I said in my review, and it, I still hold it to this day, um, that was my destiny. Um, oh, yeah, mine too. Th- yeah. You know, the Great destiny point. I hated, but The Division was the one I could really get behind because that was mm-hmm. a universe for me. I, I love post-apocalyptic games. And it was mm-hmm. also just, a, I thought, a much better game in general. Um, and, and so to see it be a good game for me personally on launch but to become an even better game now where even more people are playing it uh excites me but then you got something like the crew which i agree was fucking just oh i i <laughs> everything about it man because i as i say stated before forza horizon 3 i did not like racing games and that game was just one i hammered home i was like fuck this genre i'm done um right. but you know to see it get overhauled like that and, and look great is awesome it's awesome that they're supporting it still it's it's about to be 2017. That game came out in, I think, the end of 2014. So that that's awesome too that they're doing that. Yeah, it has an expansion this month uh, where your cops, uh, where you're now, or it was cops last. But there's a new expansion. That's all it I know. Must be a player base, then, if they're still supporting it. That's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah, I like how you pointed out though that technically, yeah, it is a positive and a negative at the mm-hmm. same time. I mean, you know, it it sucks to say that, but uh, it, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, Ubisoft doesn't get bought out by Vivendi and they <laughs> and they can. T- they continue to do this, um, yeah. you know, as we move forward. The, so the last thing we wanted to talk about is like what we're looking forward to uh, game wise in 2017, or at least here uh, in the future. Is there anything that's like popping up on your? You can, you can go first. I've been going first a lot, by all means, man. Um, Mech Warrior, but I don't know if that'll be delayed. But I think Mech Warrior is 2017, mm. and um, I, it, sorry, BattleTech, sorry, BattleTech. Um, okay, that's from uh, Harebrain Studios, the guys who made like. The Shadowrun games, the Shadowrun RPGs, oh, okay. yeah, and that's the turn-based like, it, and you know the creator. Um, Didn't that Jordan... just go on backwards compatibility? Shadowrun, no. or am I thinking of a different? You might be uh, that. Yeah, you're probably. There's thinking one on of... 360. Am I thinking of a different? That is a different Shadowrun. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, the Shadowruns I'm talking about are RPG games that came out for PC just recently. Um, okay. They're they're like um, Icewind Dale, Baldur's Gate okay. style, okay. Tyranny. Cool. They're like Tyranny. Cool. Um, so. So Hairbrain Studios, they're they're fucking awesome. And they they like the owner, Jordan, the CEO, used to work for Microsoft, but prior to that he created Battletech. So this is the guy who created the entire ro- giant robot phase of D and of, of video games. So okay. then he went to Microsoft and created MechWarrior for the three six uh, no, that was the Xbox original, right? The Xbox original had MechWarrior, I think. And so the dude knows what he's doing, obviously. And um I cannot wait for that. I think that that's just like that kind of stuff always intrigues me because of world building and stuff. Yeah. And then um, and then in all honesty, you sort of killed my soul because you reminded me. But I was looking towards Red Dead. But now 
you like that's stupid because I don't think anybody. I mean, in their I would right say mind, it's stupid, but yeah, I think it's just, pretty they, stupid. They have a track. <laughs> they have a track record. But. Yeah, and I, I do they even have a track record, or is it now their status quo? Yeah, like the track, like that is their it's status like, we're gonna quo. We're going to try, but this isn't really going to happen. We're just giving you something so you're happy. Yeah. So thing. So I, dude, I want that. Like, I can't even describe to you how much I want it. And then I, I guess I don't know when the Star Wars from uh, uh, what's her name? Um, she left oh, Uncharted. Oh, visceral. Uh, yeah. Ooh. So here's the thing. I guess I'll just say about 2017 is this like the entire industry seems to be going under weird, like weird shit's happening. Like games are being announced and released a couple months later. And then you have games that are announced and are on time games that are announced that aren't. It, it seems like in the past things held to a little bit like you and I would know about a game in the proper way. PR would be notified in the proper way. Things yeah, are sort of so uh, they're trying to avoid leaks by going like bang, 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 like really yeah. fast with things. So 2017 is in itself what I'm looking forward to because I have <laughs> there's stuff that you and I I bet have no clue is even being made that like if any company probably Microsoft because they're known for this but if anybody if any company's just going to announce uh, Bethesda has done it before haven't they with um Fallout hasn't 4. Bethesda Fallout Four so I, dude I'm stoked like I just have no clue what's that's like, that's the exciting thing is that you know, the, these conversations are without a doubt subject to change because we're talking about like what we're looking forward to now, what we know about 2017. Think about at the beginning of 2016 about like all the games you love now and are, and have played now that you had no idea about that. You no, didn't I... see as much about towards the beginning of that year. So, or even the year beforehand. So uh, for me, the game I'm looking most forward to out of, out of what we know so far is without a doubt, persona five. Oh uh, yeah. Definitely. I, cannot put into words man because i am one of the people who have played three endlessly four endlessly and i endlessly is an exaggeration for three but i played it a lot but four endlessly four fucking endlessly so five i am holding to a ridiculously high standard i have to simmer down but i can't because i've heard great things about it because it's already out in japan i've heard it's amazing so i i already know there's something great there i i just i simply cannot wait it there's um, they're expanding on what it looks like what made four great. Four had you know fantastic cast, uh, great camaraderie between that cast, um, a unique plot. It really embraced the world it was in. Amazing soundtrack. I don't know if they're going to be able to beat four soundtrack, dude. I really can't see it happening. But if they do, I will. I will fucking be mind blown. But there's just a lot of standards to break to make five better than four and it doesn't really have mm-hmm. to be better than four it could be as good as four but or, i mean it's persona so it's going to be i think good anyway but oh, man just I, i'm really happy about it i'm really happy about it and that ladies and gentlemen is matt happy about something that was yeah. awesome because all the other times you've been like yeah yeah and then i fucking you, you're like persona five <gasps> boom and you're like yeah. me in a review you're on that <laughs> <laughs> i was just like that's why i was so quiet i was like okay just let him go man uh <laughs> That's cool. That's I, I wish we lived near each other because that's one of the things I know nobody who likes those games and really? um, and yeah and so like I mean I'm interested in it obviously mm, yeah. but uh you, I I never get that kind of response about like a persona if I'm like hey Persona Five looks interesting people will be like what's that you like know? or okay Persona is one of the biggest Japanese gaming franchises that I think a lot of people that's like their their I can't remember the phrase but it's like what gets them into that genre mm-hmm. and um. So that's actually kind of surprising that you don't know that many people, but um, I am not saying Persona is an obscure kind of game, but I like those types of games that are, you know, maybe a, a hidden gem. I, I really like getting behind those games and supporting them. An example of that would be uh, Danganronpa, which is another 
one um, that I, that is a, I don't know if you've ever played that series, man. But if you got some time, that is the one of my favorite series of all time. Um, hmm. It is definitely in probably my top twenty favorite games, staying in round for one and two. They are they are some of the best video games I've played. Um, a mix of puzzles and mystery and uh, a visual novel, but exploration. It's just a, a very, and I mean, some of the best written cast of characters ever, man. It is a fantastic game, but um, they're coming out with a third one this year, so I'm really looking forward to that. But what I was getting off track on is that, you know, I love supporting these these games that maybe don't get as much attention as uh, sure. what we've been talking about a lot this cast, these big AAA games, these Ubisoft games and stuff. Um, I like supporting those types of games, too. Another example is uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. Oh, yeah, that for sure. Came out this year in uh, early access, but, you know, next year is the big full launch. Yeah. And um, I, I simply can't wait for that either. But that's also, like, one of the more old-school RPGs, which definitely has support. It was crowdfunded, so it definitely has a lot of support and fans. But I'm just saying that um, I like focusing on those titles a lot, too. Yeah, so. you know what? I just It just dawned on me, since uh, we got a little bit of downtime in, like, December, January, we totally should do something weird like... Carrick challenges Maddie to play this. Oh, Maddie challenges Carrick to play this because, dude, <laughs> there's some weird shit that I know you haven't played that I like, and I just realized like two or three of those. I'm like, I have no fucking clue what he's that talking about. That would be amazing. Just it walking would be, each we other need to, through stuff. Like, I'll walk you through Dang and Rampa. You'll be like, man, what the fuck is this? We need oh, we need man. to talk about that uh, uh, after a podcast or something, and mm-hmm. just and see if we can figure that out because that would be a that. hilarious video to be like, okay, Carrick is now playing <laughs> this this game he's never played. Has no like because I'd be Twitter and you going like. What in the fuck is going on? Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, like games like Tyranny is also another game that isn't a triple, but it's a kickstarted. I think that's the weird thing that we're getting into now, too, is like there's games that are B tier uh, developers that have some help here and there or they just get by. Right. Like a platinum, which is known for some cool stuff, but also releases Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And, And then you have triple A, which get their own PR. And then you have like these companies that are kickstarted which obviously they're supported enough to create something like obsidian has done that but yeah it's it's weird because there's so many games now that um it it it's so weird because you and i could basically just say have you played this have you played this have you played this and there'd be a very good chance we could talk for like two hours about games neither one of us have played that are still somewhat popular with like large groups of people. And I think that's really cool. Like, I mean, it's uh, like persona. I know persona is really popular, but just none of the people I talk to play it. Mm -hmm. And, but I know that like a group around you, if they're built because of their, I just, uh, not to interrupt you, but like, for for me, I really, I've always been that just that, like you, I'm that guy, you know, no one really else around me does. Um, I just became friends with someone this year though. Um, around actually last year. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's now one of my best friends, but you know, he's also a fan of like JRPGs and stuff. So he's played like dang and Rapper persona. <laughs> uh, he's like that missing piece in my yeah, friendship right. life that I have been missing forever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's like the guy, he's the sounding board for, uh, like all the Japanese titles and stuff that we play. But yeah, it, it's, it's very hard to come across that type of stuff. Um, cause even I've had a couple of friends who, who do like some Japanese games. Um, but most of the time it's hard to come across. My favorite thing to do is, um, when people go like, "Oh, games for fucking weebs, dude. That's a that's a stupid Japanese game." And I'm like, "Hey, do you what are your thoughts on Pokemon by chance?" "Oh, dude, I love it, man." "Oh, well, that's <laughs> funny. Do you want to know who made that game?" Yeah. yeah. Or Kingdom Hearts is another one because it it meshes in Disney, so it's it's not Japanese anymore clearly. And and then I tell people, "Oh, well, Square Enix made it. They're a Japanese developer." 
what? Oh yeah, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Oh what? Like, it's it's. I get a kick out of it every time. Yeah, the sooner you remove yourself from the shackles of like that ignorance, the better. Yeah, because... I, I will admit because I was the same way with strategy games. I was like, fuck strategy. Oh, gotcha. Fuck, you know, I can't stand it. Yeah, I just want to play. Give me the game. And uh, and then I tried XCOM Enemy Unknown. And I was just like, what was I thinking? This is a great game. This is a yeah, fantastic I... genre. And it's broken me into so many different games I loved. I, I probably wouldn't have played Persona if I never played XCOM Enemy Unknown because they're both strategy. So Yeah, they're they're like gatekeepers. To, uh, you know, they... Yeah, and, you know, once you get past a gatekeeper title that, like, unlocks the gate for all these others, you'll be like, oh, Christ. I, I, like, XCOM is a good one because I think a lot of people find aliens easier to understand than demons or whatever, you know, like a yeah. Persona thing. or you know, And so they're like, oh, I can do aliens, and then they play it, and they're all, wait, you mean this other game is sort of like that? Oh, yeah, it's like that. And they're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, then I'll check that out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, do we have anything to add to uh, this podcast before we... No, nah, man. I think we covered all the bases. That was, that was a great talk. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, as always, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, of course. He's got some very cool stuff coming up in uh, you know January, February. Keep watching his channel. Reviews are coming for Last Guardian some point when he can finally put down Final <laughs> Fantasy. Whenever Should that is. Should be soon. Should be wait, soon. Wait, you have that and Dead Rising. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I so yeah. got about like 40 hours of reviews to do. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So um, you should be seeing those on his channel. And uh, I think lately the only thing I've done is uh, uh, Cartoon Network Battle Crashers, one of the worst games ever made. I have to watch that. <laughs> Dude. Hey, man, Open Critic actually posted like my tweet of, or posted like my review and, and an excerpt from it. And I, I'm surprised they found the non-X-rated version of the excerpt because <laughs> it's just it's from start to finish. Just me going like, who how the fuck does this get made like how it, it is actively like cartoon network hates children like oh it is my God. oh no it's that bad i'm like it, it is it is quite literally one of the worst games not only have i ever played but it would be like taking imagine a bad avengers movie you take all these ips right you take these amazing ips and then you give them 10 bucks to make a movie that is what happened oh with this. that's a great analogy yeah wow. that's what <laughs> happened with this is like they gathered you know uncle grandpa they grabbed all these you know cart tar- uh Steven Universe and these these it's bigger like that Smash Bros cute. kind of game, right? Yeah. Or, okay. Well, it's more like it's more like two D three D. I keep calling it Three Dirty Doors because I'm a Saturn fan. But um, Streets mm. of Age, you know, uh, you know the original, oh, okay. Titan, Drag, okay. you know, Double Dragon, where you're going side to side. But it's the worst graphics, barely any animation. And listen to this: cartoons are known for two things. Animation is known for two things: the animation and the voices. Yeah. And this has no voices and barely any animation. And so what? you're just like, and when I get to voice, I'm like, it's one of those games that's so bad you can't look away. Like you had to see it through. It was yeah, it was a train wreck. <laughs> like somebody's like, I can't. I want to thank you for playing this, and I'm like, thank me. This was one of the greatest games I've ever because I was just, my brain was just constantly going like, it's as bad as it, I think it is. Like it's <laughs> it just it, and when I think it couldn't get worse, like animations don't play or or or, or like sound effects are um. Like the sound of a Staples air gun for cleaning out your computer for a flamethrower. It's like for a flamethrower, and I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on? Like, I gotta, I gotta watch this. Yeah, I gotta, gotta watch this. this is anyway, great. thanks everybody for jumping in. I appreciate it. Thanks as always to Matt for stopping by, and uh, you guys will see us doing some stuff uh, in the future as Absolutely. well. Peace out, everybody. Peace.